The business of learning is changing. Learn how to prepare your organization and work with your team to thrive as the demand for learning and development continues to rise. Tune in every week to hear from your host, Casper Spilo, and a range of experts and decision makers as we tackle what this means for L&D professionals, their employees, and business leaders. Now here's your host, Casper Spiro. Good day. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. So today uh, I'm talking about a really, really important uh, topic. It is uh, what in my mind is a true learning revolution that's going on. And that is that things are moving from a top-down approach to a bottom-up approach. That goes for learning and also for a lot of other things. I want to sort of uh, take a deep dive into that uh, during this episode. So if you look at, uh, at, at learning, then uh, corporate learning, it was really normal that the company and the learning and development department or the HR department were in the lead for learning. So they would decide uh, what people had to learn, when they had to learn it, how they had to learn it. Um, for example, if I wanted to be uh, eligible for a promotion, they would tell me, okay, you have to do uh, this kind of uh, courses and you take, to take that kind of exams and you have to have that those kind of, of proofs and then we can uh, do that. So it was really, they told me, how I uh, needed to learn and what I needed to learn. But that is changing and uh, it's changing rapidly. And for a large part that is already changed because it doesn't work like that anymore. So right now it's much more the learner who's in control. Um, and, and there are a couple of uh, reasons for that. So um, it's no longer that uh, somebody will work for an employer like his whole life, which was much more common in the old days. Uh, so it does mean that uh, the perspective of the of the worker of the learner is changing because it's not for him the only option to make a promotion in the company to get further ahead in life, but he could also switch from another job, and that's happening, of course, more and more. And with that, he becomes responsible for his next step. So maybe what he wants to learn is completely disconnected to what is current job is so it's something that his current employer will never let him do so it is something that he needs to do by himself so with that uh, it already becomes more a responsibility of the worker so and it is just an ambition beyond the current job people are looking ahead so i am now in this drop and I, I noticed that we have a lot of new hires a lot of people starting their working career in easy generator so a lot of people that is like the first job and they don't have the, the mindset, okay, I will be here for the next 10 or 20 years. It is, okay, I'm now doing this, but I, they already have like step two, three, and four planned. And if we are not able to provide those steps for them, they probably will be gone in no time. So, and, and the other thing that sort of drives that is, of course, lifelong learning, continuous development. So it is no longer that you are just being trained for a job and you are, for example, a skilled carpenter and you can do that your whole life. So... Uh, the majority of people is now working in a job that they were not trained for, or even stronger than that, they are working in a job that didn't exist when they were going into their college and, and university uh, career. So that really changed. I recently had read an article that from the people that uh, are now uh, working a job, so one third in five to 10 years time, that job will not exist anymore. They have to do something else. So things are changing really fast. So uh, with that, there is like a big push that the learner becomes more responsible. And that is one of the main trends in learning and corporate learning uh, that shifts things from top down to bottom up. 
But the trend is much broader than that. So if you look, for example, at the world of television, so in the old days, and by the way, we still have them, you had the network. So the broadcasters, I call them. So um, the broadcasting organization that would program uh, their channels. So you, as a viewer, what you could do, you sit down in front of your television and you just had to uh, follow their lead. So they determine what you watch and when you watch it. So it is news at 8, it's a soap at 8.20, and it's a movie at 9. And if you want something else, bad luck. And I remember the days that in the Netherlands where I live, we only had like one channel. So I couldn't even switch channels when I was young. So later on, we got two channels. So that was like a really improvement because if you didn't like the first one, you could go to the next one. But still, it's top down. They determine what you can watch and when you can watch it. And your only choice is to either switch channels or switch it off. But then that started to change. So if you look at the world of television, then the, we got the video. So people were able to tape things. We got the video store. So we got chains like blockbusters really growing really big. And the reason behind it is because you could rent the video and you could watch what you wanted at the time of your convenience. So you were much more in charge. So it becomes more... Uh, the responsibility of the viewer in this case, what to watch and when to watch. And I also remind, and I actually bought one, I was one of the first users of TiVo. I'm not sure if you heard of it, but it was like a smart video recorder. It has a hard disk and you could program it. For example, if there was a series on, on TV that you really liked, you could sort of pre-program it so it would uh, uh, record all the uh, all the episodes of that series, and then you had that on your hard disk, and you could watch it whenever you wanted. So you were sort of creating your own Netflix at that time, and I really liked that. But uh, well, a lot of things went wrong because if it was delayed, and you would get the, the, the you would you would miss the beginning or you would miss the end and stuff like that. But it was already giving you more to sort of do things by yourself and have more decision power there. And that is of course what happened now with all the streaming. Uh, service like we have with Netflix and well, you do the, the movie uh, channels that we have and uh, the Disney Plus and, and and HBO. All those things, they are facilitating exactly that. So what they have, they for a large part, they have the same information or the same uh, things you can view as the networks, the series and the movies. But they are just there waiting for you. So you go in and you decide what to watch and when to watch it. And now you can even decide where well, watch it on my TV. Or do I watch it on my iPad or do I watch it on my phone? I don't even have a TV anymore. So, and I still watch movies, but I use my iPad for that, for example. So um, that has really changed. So the first category that I that we had were the broadcasters, and this category I call that the streamer. So those are the streaming services that actually makes you uh, allow you to sort of decide what to watch and when to watch it. But now we are even a step further than that. And then you come into uh, tools like YouTube and TikTok. So these are video-based tools, but they allow you as a user not only to view content, but also to create content. So on YouTube, you can be a viewer, but you can also be the producer of the content. And TikTok, of course, is the same. It's very easy to create a, 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 a movie and, and publish it there. So what you then see is that the third category is that actually the viewer becomes a producer. So I call that category of YouTube and, and TikTok, and, and, and there are more tools like that, of course, out there. I call that the creators. So we have like three categories, and that's something that has happened over time. We went from broadcasters to streamers to creators. And it's not just for television. You see the same thing happening, for example, in hospitality. 
So initially you had hotels and resorts, they were advertising, they were putting out commercials. So they were really like broadcasting. And, they, and in the old days, if I saw an, an ad of a hotel, I could actually go there and book it. And so it sort of, it was really similar. It, the information was pushed to me. And then it became easier. You got tools like, uh, or uh, companies like Booking and Expedia. And I sort of consider them as being the streamers because they have all that information and make for me the choice much easier. So I, could be much more in charge. So I wasn't relying anymore. Did I happen to see uh, uh, an ad of a hotel or a resort? No, I was able to see the full offering and I could select there. So it's really like uh, basically the Netflix approach uh, with that. But then it got, it got a step further. So if you look now, for example, at Airbnb, where it's very easy for me to, to create my own hotel, basically, and 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 and, be, and and have guests here, or even more with Couchsurfing, where it is so easy to sort of create your own uh, place where people can stay or your own. It is really also like a creator category there. So you see the same trend from broadcasters where you don't have any influence. You just have to sort of pick on the information you get to the streamers where you have like the full choice and you can make the choice to actually becoming a hotel owner by yourself, although it's just your couch. So that is really interesting, that trend. And exactly the same trend is happening in learning. So if you look at the broadcaster category, those are the learning management systems. So in uh, the tools that are meant to sort of top down push learning content to the learner. So the L&D department, the HR department, they determine, okay, you're a new employee. You have to follow these uh, to do those, uh, these 10 courses, and then you are onboarded. So it's really them deciding what you have to learn. And now with the LXPs, you come more into the streaming category. So LXPs are also sometimes referred to as the Netflix of learning. And it's for this reason, because in that case, the information would be there, but it would be the responsibility of the new person to sort of take those courses. And of course, in practice, you see sort of uh, very often a mix between that, because some of the courses are mandatory and pushed, but a lot of the information is just there for you to enter whenever you have a need for that. So we go from broadcasters to streamers. but also. The creator category is really important for corporate learning. So, and in fact, the, the same tools that I mentioned for the, for the broadcasting sector, uh, uh, YouTube and TikTok, they are in fact the largest learning communities in the world. So they are the biggest learning channels. So if I build a greenhouse in my garden from wood and glass, and I never did anything like that before. So I didn't have a clue how to do that. And I learned it all from YouTube. And I have it now in my garden for three years, still standing there, using it every day. It's a beautiful greenhouse, my own design, and I build it myself, 100% taught by YouTube. TikTok invests millions and some even say billions in, 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 in learning channels and, and, and providing extra content there. So they are already the largest learning tool. And I think that we need like a YouTube, we need a TikTok app kind of app for corporate learning where people really easily can capture their knowledge and share it. And that is what uh, employee generated learning is all about. That is what is the idea is behind our tool, Easy Generator as well. So it allows basically a learner to become a teacher. And that is what you need. You need to tap into the vast amount of knowledge that lives in your company and tools Creator tools like uh, uh, Easy Generator, TikTok, and YouTube actually allow people to do this. It turns learners into teachers. That is the key thing there. And it does have a huge impact on L&D. It does have a huge impact on HR. 
and it has a huge impact on instructional design because it means that learning and development so only a small part of the learning will still be top down so we're only talking about the mandatory training so we're talking about compliance training security training stuff like that most training is about business content business processes so there the learner becomes in control it is the the, the worker that becomes sort of the teacher there and you need to make sure that you facilitate the process. So instead of a mindset where you push information and where you decide what people have to learn, so from basically a really controlled process, you go into facilitating the process. So you allow people, you enable people to actually create content, share their knowledge and to find that content. And that, for example, for an instructor designer is a huge change. So instead of a creator, for a large part of the work, they will become a coach, uh, maybe a designer to help them. So you become like a co-creator. Maybe you can manage the process, but in fact, actual the content creation for a really large part will belong to the subject matter experts and not to the instruction designers. So we see the trend from top down to bottom up and it's happening all over in the world. And I think this is the most important trend that we currently see happening uh, in learning, and that is the one that we need to take into account. Thank you for this episode. This was it. I will see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Easy Generator, an easy-to-use authoring tool for subject matter experts. At Easy Generator, we want to empower employees in the business to capture and share their knowledge. How do we do it? By designing an intuitive and simple platform that anyone can use to create learning content for their organizations. To learn more, visit us at easygenerator.com.